2018 is in full swing and the crypto markets are on fuego. The market cap has passed $700 billion and people all over the world are now sitting up and paying attention to magical internet money. So what will the year bring? Well, we know for sure there's going to be plenty of drama and we're here to help make sense of it all. And when that fails, we'll just make fun of ourselves for being bad. It's what we do here, so let's do that thing we do in episode number 69 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Googling all the things so you don't have to, it's Travis and Joel, the blockchain blockheads, and you are listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. I, I'm I'm Googling right now. You know how fast I'm Googling? It's so handy. At the speed of typing. <laughs> Travis Wright, Googling at the speed of typing. We are glad you're here from uh, all over the globe, over 185 countries, maybe even 186. And of course, we're celebrating so many things, including the fact that December found us with another record record month of over 500,000 downloads. That's half a million, Mr. Travis, right? Wow. That was that's a pretty impressive thing that, that, that you knew that that was half a million. I like that. You're impressive, Travis. <laughs> you got maths, bro. I have mad math skills. And you know what else I got? I got skills to let everybody know that Zilla has uh, signed on to continue as the show sponsor for they the love month us. of January. They love you guys. You guys are awesome. They do love us. They, they love them. They don't love us. They love our listeners. Uh, you guys have heard about the Zilla ICO Marketplace app uh, where you can browse ICOs. You can upvote, downvote stuff. So good ones like Cream Rise to the top. If you're digging an ICO, you'll be able to participate using tokens and credit cards with one click. And their app is currently just waiting on approval from Apple. Uh, and having submitted apps to the App Store, I know that that can be slow. And Apple actually takes a couple weeks off during the holidays where nothing gets approved. So if you don't get in before you know Christmas, then you you got to wait. Uh, but in the meantime, you can't. There's ICOs that are signing up to be listed, and if you're running an ICO yourself, you can list it for free in the Zilla app. You guys want to go register for free? Go to zla.io forward slash bad, and you can also register your ICO there and uh, be ready for that. So thanks to Avasa Phillips for continuing to sponsorify the Bad Crypto Podcast, and uh, we owe some shout outs, Mr. Travis Wright. To Brad Garlinghouse from Ripple, that interview uh, that we had with him just a few episodes ago ended up being our top show. It got more downloads than the Ronnie Moas episode. Mm, yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. And he tweeted it out. He's got tons and tons of action on the Twitter. So uh, if this is the first time you guys or the second time, I think that you'd probably heard the Bad Crypto Podcast. Thanks for, for coming on and listening to us. You know, we are bad. We're getting pretty good, though, at being bad. Right, Joel? <laughs> or bad at being good. I don't I'm not sure. <laughs> Which it is, is this whole good, bad thing. Also, check this out. If you guys own an Amazon Echo, then you could do this. You could say, Alexa, play the Bad Crypto Podcast. Getting the latest episode of the Bad Crypto Podcast. 
What is growth hacking? Alexa. Alexa. She won't shut up. <laughs> Alexa, could you be quiet? So anyways, what the deal is, is you can literally tell Alexa to play the Bad Crypto Podcast, and it will. It's pretty amazing. Right. It will. So mine's in the other room, and that's coming through a service called TuneIn. And there's an app for TuneIn, and traditionally TuneIn has just been for radio, but now they are starting to play podcasts. So what will happen when you tell your Echo to do that is it'll play the most recent episode. And uh, we're hoping that soon that will work on um, both Microsoft and Google home devices. In fact, just try it. Let us know if you have one of those devices what happens because i don't have one so it might actually work yeah you could you could literally go over to one of your friend's house who has one and tell it to do that and then like walk away and then the bad crypto podcast will just keep playing in the background until they figure out to turn it off which is awesome (laughs) Uh, more shout outs in order to all of you who have thank yous coming your way because during the holiday season you donated real cash monies either um, fiat money or Bitcoin to Food for the Poor, which is foodforthepoor.org forward slash MOAS, M-O-A-S. That's Ronnie Moas's pet um, project. Uh, and I don't want to say pet because these are people we're feeding, not animals, but raised five figures through you guys for them for the Special Olympics, which is uh, Travis's philanthropic uh, favorite and we raised thousands for them and for waterislife.com thank you to so many of you that gave out of uh, your own funds to support these incredible charities we appreciate it absolutely and one of the things that i think is really powerful in this crypto space is that people seem to be really altruistic more so than with fiat money it's almost like some of those greedy bankers are just like scrooge mcduck you know but i've noticed that people in the crypto space seem to be really grateful and thankful that they have this newfound prosperity and they're sharing it with other people and and you know what if you haven't done a lot of that what what a great way to get your friends or your family started in crypto send them a little litecoin or you know send them some lumens if you send if you get somebody set up and send them some lumens and that stuff is so quick it's lightning fast, like Ripple. You send somebody Ripple, that is lightning fast, right? So, I mean, it's unbelievable that once people see it, it's unbelievable. And and you folks there who have given to Food for the Poor, you you have done some really good stuff. Like I I think Ronnie mentioned, like we we're, we're feeding hundreds of kids or something for the whole year, right? Yeah, it's really it's amazing, and you folks are the best community. We have the best community, don't we, Mister Travis? Right? Huge. We have the best community. We have the biggest. And- we have the biggest buttons. and we have the best bad coin which you know for those who donated you became bad coin millionaires and um we've been giving away bad coin now since almost the beginning of the show but we've also been warning you that a time is coming that we would stop giving away bad coin and that time is drawing near in fact our six-month broadcast anniversary happens on January 18th. 
And after the clock strikes midnight that night, wets it, no more bad coin just for the asking. So if you have not yet gotten your bad coin, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash bad crypto or go to the Facebook bad crypto mastermind group, which you have to apply to get into or make a donation to food for the poor the Special Olympics or waterislife.com and forward us your receipt. If you donate $25 or more to any of these, you'll get a million bad coin. If you donate $100 or more, you'll get 2 million bad coin. But the freebies, the, the gravy train, the free ride on the bad coin express is going to end. So this is uh, your last chance. And please go to the website to the show notes where we will have links to all of these pages so that you can go directly there. Yep. And uh, afterwards, after we stop giving it away, bad coin will still be worthless, but we just won't be giving yeah. it away. <laughs> That's right. We're going to, we're going to hodl. I don't know. We, we actually have some ideas mm -hmm. and um, we'll reveal those ideas at the appropriate time. <laughs> And uh, one more bit of news we have teased in the past. We have floated a trial balloon of perhaps doing bad crypto con or bad con or whatever we're going to call it in uh, Denver, perhaps this summer. And those conversations are progressing, my friends. And so it might become a reality. It might be sometime around when we have our one year anniversary. Wouldn't that be clever? We can neither confirm nor deny at this point. Neither confirm nor deny. I did not tell you when the date was. But we can confirm that we have questions from you, the listeners who we love so very much. Bad crypto voicemail. You have one new message. Hey, Travis and Joel. This is uh, Ricky Suarez from Boston. Uh, just want to say I absolutely love the show. For someone that's a beginner like myself, I've been in the crypto game now for uh, four months or so, and what you guys bring to the table is absolutely phenomenal in, uh, you know, getting me caught up in everything that is crypto. Uh, I got a quick question, and uh, I'm assuming there's others out there that might have the same. Uh, with a Ledger Nano S, um, I recently purchased one, and I've started putting my currencies on there. I noticed that only three or four currencies can be held on the actual hardware wallet itself. I guess my question is, can I store more currencies than that on the actual ledger uh, app that you get uh, that's on the google chrome aspect of it and then am i able to remove and add cryptos on the actual hardware wallet itself uh hopefully this is a question that you know others have and you guys might be able to answer uh so hopefully uh, you put this on the show and answer it as always stay bad thank you ricky for the question Ricky Bobby, and uh, we appreciate you in Boston. Just remember to park the car in the garage. Wicked and smart. They're wicked smart up there. I have a Ledger Nano S, and I love that I can store coins uh, securely offline. And, of course, you know, in order to um, be able to use your coins in an offline wallet, you have to have the device in your hand because you have to put a code in on the device in order to unlock it. That's what makes it extra secure and not just holding the private keys, but the code needs to be put on the device. However, I was really disappointed, Travis, to discover that while the Ledger Nano S supports many different currencies, that you could only hold 
like because of memory reasons, which is totally mind boggling to me how there can't be more memory on this thing, four or five different cryptocurrencies at one time. It, it's an out of memory. Delete an app in order to put another one out of memory. Like how big are those, you know, files? I mean, the, these files are like bytes. How, like, how is, yeah. are they, they, is it just a ploy for them to get you to buy more? Because I know the Trezor allows you to have tons of, of ERC yeah. 20 tokens and whatever. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, but the question he's asking is what, you know, can I still store additional coins? Remember, your coins aren't actually on the ledger. Your, your coins are on the blockchain. Even if you have a paper wallet, your coins aren't actually on that piece of paper. They're not actually on the exchange. They're on the blockchain. And it's where you're holding your keys that's important. Mm -hmm. So the answer to the question is, let's say I have Litecoin, Bitcoin, Bcash, and uh, Ripple on my Ledger Nano S, and I want to install another coin, and, and I'm trying to think of one that goes on there, and it's evading me at the moment. But Dash? you know, let's let let's say it's Dash. Yes, Dash does go on there. I could delete the Ripple app from my Ledger Nano S, install the Dash app via Chrome, and then I can access my Dash. My Ripple didn't disappear. My Ripple's still there in the blockchain, and if I delete, say, the Bcash app and I reinstall the Ripple app, when I launch that app, the, your coins are going to be there still. Remember, this is just how you access them. Um, they're not actually stored on the device itself. So, Yeah, that's one, that's one additive to that is that a, a wallet is actually a misnomer. It's more of a keychain because that's like where your keys are that you're using to access your stuff that's on the blockchain. So don't think of it as a wallet where you're storing your coins. Think of it as a keychain where you're connecting to the, the coins. But we're still going to call it a wallet because that's what people call them. They call them wallets. So hopefully that answers your question. But here's a question from a crypto chick. Hey guys, it's Cynthia here in San Francisco. So I'm loving listening to you guys and I've listened to all your episodes on wallets about three times. I understand how to get my money into the exchanges. I understand how to trade between the exchanges and I understand how to buy and sell. But no matter what I do, I cannot figure out the whole wallet thing as I do not wish to put it on my cell phone in case I lose it. So it looks like you know, if you're going to buy Monero, you don't have a wallet for that in the Bitcoin wallet. So you have to have a different wallet for each coin. I'm really confused. And if you want to write them down on paper, okay, I get it. You could do that. But if you guys could just cover that one more time, I'm utterly confused. That would be amazing. Like how many wallets do I need to have? Do I need to have one for each exchange or one for each coin? <laughs> Or do I? Should I have multiple wallets for each coin? Okay, thank you. Bye. Great question, Cynthia in San Francisco. Yeah, so it really it really depends. Now I have multiple wallets on my desktop, and I have I don't you know it's really not a good idea to keep access to your keys on your cell phone. So keeping all your crypto on yourself not a good idea. So you're right about that. But when it comes to those those different wallets. You know, some of them are different. They have different protocols, right? So I know that like Monero, it's its own kind of blockchain private deal. So it's most in most cases, it's in its own wallet. Uh, but there's some wallets. I think th does Jax, does that allow you to have multiple offline with Monero as well, Joel? You know, um, I know that 
Jax holds multiple coins. I'm not sure, you know, the one I use is a Windows desktop wallet. So it's your Windows desktop wallet for Monero specifically? Uh, I have a Monero desktop wallet yeah. and it's just, it's just for Monero. So, I mean, this is one of the problems right now is that uh, some uh, coins only have their own wallet. You know, Neo, for example, we use Neon to hold your Neo. If you don't want to have it on an exchange, you use a Monero wallet to hold Monero. We, there's a Stellar Lumens wallet to hold Stellar Lumens. But then you have like the Exodus wallet that holds, what is it, about 20 different currencies right now? You know, we can hold Ethereum, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dash, Civic, Gollum, um, you know, the list goes on. But there is not yet a universal wallet um, because building support for each of these tokens takes time right you they can't just say okay now you can throw Gollum, you know or civic into this wallet they have to build the code into the wallet to be able to manage that token they have their own protocol that's very pointy you're so right on and we actually have a future interview coming out next week where we're talking to jameson lop and he has actually been working on wallets and these multi-sig things and and they're they were building one with ethereum and and there's just so many interesting you know things that have to pile on on ethereum with all these different smart contracts and whatnot like it's hard to make a wallet that fits with all of these different blockchains and all these different coins how is that going to be resolved that just seems like a we, we empathize with your plight cynthia and and as 2018 moves on, we're going to see more solutions and more versions of what you see is what you get wallets, right? With nice graphical user interfaces that make it easier and are more inclusive. But also understand that new coins are coming out all the time. Now, this isn't a problem if it is an ERC-20 token, right? If it's launched on the Ethereum blockchain, then all of those can go into your MyEther wallet or into your MetaMask, right? Any of those places on your trees or on your ledger, uh, which is one of the reasons that Ethereum has, is so appealing to many of these um, ICOs, right? Uh, appreciate the question, Cynthia. And we got this from Matt via Tech Forum. He says, hey, Joel and Travis. Matt here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Love your podcast. Been listening since July. Wow. When we started. Nice. I know you're not financial advisors. Our students are obviously very clear on that. But let me say this. If people had been listening to your podcast as long as I have and have invested dollars, then they would agree when I say you're crypto wizards. Been listening to topics on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and XRP. And you, my friends, are wizards to my crypto wallet. Got into XRP at $0.26, cents, Bitcoin at 4500 Ethereum at 290 Litecoin at 55 Reluctant on Bcash, bro. Just listened to podcasts with Brad Garlinghouse, and it was excellent. Number two favorite podcast next to the one with Ronnie Moas. Podcast suggestion, get Jamie Dimon on to see if he, he can explain to us his position on crypto. <laughs> Stay bad, Matt. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate that. And uh, I don't know that Mr. Diamond's going to come on our show, uh, um, Travis. Uh, you know what? We can uh, we can hope and pray, and we can send out good vibes into the universe. But uh, congrats on all of your crypto gains. It sounds like he ha he got in some pretty good uh, deals there along the way. So even though we're not financial advisors, we do talk about what's going on in the space. And those who have jumped in at some of those times early on, <laughs> they've done pretty good. Multiple ways to reach out to us. The Bad Crypto Hotline is always open 24-7. And uh, the TravBot 3000 will take your message. The number is 708-885-9030. Email us at badcryptopodcast at gmail.com or 
or go to the website, badcryptopodcast.com, and click the contact Joel and Travis link. And that is a great place for you to ask questions, uh, provide feedback, ask us for our wallet addresses so you can send us all kinds of cryptos and uh, put in speaker requests as well. Because, uh, in fact, I'm going to Chile in uh, the very first of February, and I'll be talking more about that in an upcoming episode. But it's all about the blockchain. And yeah, it's like, and I'm going to be in, you know, Asia with Ronnie Moas, which is going to be awesome. He, he actually asked the uh, event coordinators for me to, uh, to invite him up on stage. So that's going to be awesome to let, to, you know, to, to share with the audience that our bad crypto audience has donated more than 10 grand to food for the poor. That's amazing. Love you guys. It is super cool. Okay. Let's check out the news. Gotta love this headline. And, and I want to say it in a whiny voice. People want in on crypto so bad that exchange desks can't keep up with the demand. Man. Oh, my God. I want to trade my crypto. How come I can't have a Bitcoin logo on my latte? This is awesome. Uh, there are so many people that are trying to get into crypto now that Coinbase, Bitrix, Binance, these guys can't keep up. They weren't, none of them are doing great support to begin with. And now things have slowed to a crawl to the point that Binance said they're not taking any new users for the time being. Yeah. Yeah, they're not taking those. And you know what? What was really interesting is that they're so bogged down with new users that are trying to come onto the platform. And then I don't know if you guys had saw this or not, but, uh, you know, earlier this week, Intel had this Spectre bug that was such a big thing, right? And then so last night, like, you couldn't do anything because that, that that impacted all of these servers, all the Microsoft Azure servers, and I'm sure it probably impacts some Amazon servers as well. And, uh, yeah, there was a vulnerability in the Intel chip, and uh, it was so fundamental that it's almost like every computer is going to need to be redesigned as a result of this. But dude, last night, all those, all those exchanges were out. Like I couldn't go in. Like if you try to go to, to Bitrix, you could not send out any of those main to tokens at all. And, uh, yeah, that was crazy. So th this was a big deal. And it looks like they've, uh, they've got a, they've got a, a fix for it, but. Apparently, it's been known for a while, so it's crazy. I don't know that any of these, these exchanges expected such a rush of new users. And, you know, I've used Kraken before, and it is probably one of the slower ones. And they've had all kinds of um, users complaining about server downtime. Bitfinex has had problems. I've had, you know, less issues, I think, with uh, Poloniex in terms of getting it to work in Bitrix, but I opened a support ticker on Poloniex one time and it, it never got answered. The problem seemed to resolve itself after a few weeks, uh, but the ticket never got answered. So I think if somebody launches an exchange that is really ready to deal with customers and the way that customers want to be you know, dealt with, that they're really going to crush it. But, yes, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I got to add something to this, Joel. You know, as I, I wrote a book called Digital Sense, which is all about customer experience. And if you look at this from a customer experience right now, trying to get into crypto, it is so hard. It's complex. Like I was over the holidays, I was walking through my sister and brother-in-law into the crypto space 
and they're really fascinated by it. And they're like my brother-in-law, he's like an engineer who does like, has built amazing. He actually helped create the uh, the device that stopped the um, the oil spill in the Gulf a couple of years ago, right? He built this component mm. for this for the pipe uh, for the uh, for the oil pump deal. And my sister's like a PhD in microbiology and sa- safety and whatnot, so like really smart. And like they're going, "Holy shit, what's going?" Like I don't. This is so complex. There's there's a customer experience problem and a customer support problem. If you have problem on Coinbase. You're not going to get anybody on the phone. I mean, there's like no way. There's lots, they're not going to answer your email for, for, for a while. It's crazy. Insane, some people might say. Mm-hmm. And speaking of insane, here's our friend JP, Jamie Dimon again, <laughs> the CEO of JP Morgan Chase. In this story on Cointelegraph.com, the Wall Street buzz is that Merrill Lynch is banning Bitcoin for its clients. <laughs> I don't I don't get that. Why? That is how so can you silly. ban they're basically, you know, so JP Morgan, you know, said that they didn't want their financial advisors buying Bitcoin for their clients, any Bitcoin related investments. And now Merrill Lynch is banning um their financial advisors from doing the same. And so Jamie's having a bad influence on Wall Street. I just, <laughs> well, I don't get it. It's one of those things, Joel, like Merrill Lynch. It, it's to me, this is so backwards thinking because guess what? If I'm with Merrill Lynch and all of a sudden I realize, wait, you don't allow us to do any cryptocurrency related investments. Well, guess what? I'm going to go somewhere that does. So this right. is, this to me is like, you know, business suicide. I would say this, I'm not a financial advisor, but I'd probably short Merrill Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not get it at all, especially when you see news organizations starting to take Bitcoin more seriously, at least addressing it. For example, CNBC, um, now they've added Bitcoin as one of their top five currency pairs on the ticker that goes at the bottom of the screen. They've got uh, the euro, the Japanese yen, the Great Britain pound, the Canadian dollar and Bitcoin. Yep. That are, are the top tickers. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird if you actually look at, at how that's set up across those those top tickers. It says Bitcoin. It doesn't say like, you know, typically in the exchange markets, it's X B uh, T is what they normally call Bitcoin in those markets because X meaning it's not tied to any, um, you know, country or entity. So it's X B T. So it actually should be X B T slash USD because that's kind of what it's going to. Uh, that's the price there, but it just says Bitcoin. So they don't quite get it yet. They don't have all the nuances of it down. But it's interesting to see that, wow, they're putting Bitcoin up as one of their top five currencies that uh, they're paying attention to. So that's that's interesting. Well, we're paying attention to what's happening in the market. And that is the subject of today's feature segment. You know, the thing about recording this show, even a few days in advance, is you don't know what's going to happen, you know, a few days later. And this is the Sunday evening episode, and it's uh, a couple days before then right now. But as of now, the crypto market cap is $763 billion. And uh, the past week and a half to two weeks. Well, really, especially since the beginning of the new year, right? We got through the new year and then it all broke loose, um, especially amongst the altcoins. You know, we've seen uh, Bitcoin kind of hover right around 15,000 
And um, we've seen Bcash kind of stick right around 24, 2500. But the altcoins have gone absolutely bananas. Not only have they gone absolutely bananas, Joel, it's like some of them have just gone catastrophically, just not catastrophically, just what I don't know what the word is, just shot up like complete rocket. I mean, Tron, like Tron popped up out of nowhere and it has this huge percentage of gain. It's now one of the top seven cryptocurrencies just out of the blue. Yeah. And what the heck is it even? Uh, I mean, it's there is less there there at the moment. It is truly a concept right now. Yeah, uh, you know, with all of the other coins that are in the top, there's product that is out there that is developed, that it has shipped, and Tron seems to be going up purely on speculation uh, of what's to be created. And I remember the airdrop happening a few months ago, and I, I received 500 Tron as I'm guessing thousands of other people did, and at that time it was worth like you know a penny. And I'm thinking, okay, what is this? Well, Tron, I like the movie. I may as well hold, you know, the, mm. the token. And now uh, looking at it at this moment, after a seven-day rise of almost 500%, it's sitting around 22 cents. And if it is, if there is an indicator of hype in the crypto space, uh, I would think that a, a token that has nothing backing it other than a concept going up this high this has got to be this is the definition of hype i'm not saying that it's it's not a good project or that you know the future value can't um you know be aligned with this amount i just i don't get it yeah there was a great article on forbes and we'll include that in it says could this millennial crypto tech visionary be the next jack ma and it was talking about, so this guy who is running Tron is the, um, he was the head of China F- uh, Ripple. He was the, you know, the, the guy there who was the, in charge for the, the, the Chinese region. And so he spun off and it looks like he's created this company called Tron that, uh, but this is a, this is basically an open source platform for the global digital entertainment industry. So it's interesting what they're doing with this, right? Because of all the piracy and stuff that happens in, in, uh, in China. It's a pretty big market. I think it's it's taken off, and they they uh, it's it's interesting for sure. To keep an eye on. I, I've never seen one just take off like that though. That thing just went boom. Oh, you know what? We did see that with with the Cardano. Cardano just took off like whoosh, next thing you know, you're in the top ten. Like it's wild. Some of them just take off like over the course of like a couple of days. Yeah, it is pretty fascinating stuff. Of course, other big stories for the week. Ripple has cracked. Three dollars, you know, and this is something that just a short time ago we were looking at it at a quarter, and and we taught. I remember this conversation. I think that Ripple's going to be, you know, one of the next ones to go to to blow up, and boom, that happened. I, I don't think that we are market movers, even though there's a lot of people that listen to the show. Um, I think Brad might have had more to do with, you know, telling people about the podcast that may have caused a move in the market. What do you think? Uh, you know what? I, I'm pretty sure it was your dulcet tones of your voice, Mr. Joel Com, And they were like, oh, my God, the smooky, the s- silky smooth vocal tones of Mr. Joel Com, And having Brad Garlinghouse on there, it was like, this is a, this is definitely a over $3 coin. I must have Ripple. I must have it. The other, this is big, Ethereum passed the $1,000 mark. And who was it uh, we were just talking to? Oh, uh, um, Mr. Lop, right? 
that was actually on a future episode. We've already uh, interviewed Jameson Lop, and he's coming in a in a show this coming week. And he was talking about um, how many projects are built on the Ethereum blockchain, and that it's kind of you know found its place. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me to see it taking off like it is. Yep. And then we've saw, you know, one thing that I've noticed as well is whenever Ripple rises, it seems that Ste- that Stellar's not far behind it. And it's it's a rise and fall thing. If you actually overlay Stellar on top of Ripple and you will see a, a distinct correlation between the two. So there's this, it look, it's like there's some unheard of peg between the two because since they do the similar thing, uh, but it's like Stellar right now is like one tenth or so i guess not really but it's like it's we're 13 13 13 billion and they're at 123 billion well you know why you know why that is uh because the supply of ripple is um almost 39 billion uh the supply of stellar is almost 18 billion so there's less than half the amount of stellar out there and so people are looking at the price of stellar and saying well based on the circulation shouldn't it be twice the value of ripple or six dollars or so of course it's it's approached a dollar and it's sitting around 75 cents right now those of you who received free lumens from us uh, many many months ago when we had jed mccaleb on i think it was at about two cents mm. a, an xlm at that point and though so those of you who were able to claim 500 lumens you know you had about 12 dollars worth of lumens well those same 500 lumens right now are worth 375 dollars that was free monies courtesy of uh stellar and the bad crypto podcast i mean who do you I, love i mean who do you love? Who you love? Are you being <laughs> bad to the bone again? Here's here's another one, Travis. Neo, which we've been mm-hmm. talking about, you know, in passing. We haven't gotten in depth on Neo um, yet, but you know, we've both been fans of it as the Chinese Ethereum, and uh, we got in single digits when it was Ant shares, and then watch Neo go up to sixty, and then pull back to sub thirty, and now it's over a hundred. It broke through. And there's only 65 million of them. And one thing that I have found that is really interesting when we're talking about trading in cryptos now, there's a new exchange open called uh, KuCoin, K-U-C-O-I-N. And KuCoin has trading pairs in NEO. So you can actually transfer your NEO over and buy cryptos over there. You can buy it with Ethereum, with NEO, or with Bitcoin over there, or Tether. Uh, you know, Have you heard their new tagline? What's that? It's, I'm kooky for KuCoin. That's wow, it's great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> EOS, there's another one, a another Ethereum um, potential competitor cracked the ten dollar mark. And this is EOS is interesting because the ICO is still going on, uh, and it's not open to U.S. citizens. But I believe if you are a U.S. citizen, you can purchase it on an exchange. And you know, when I look at EOS and NEO. Uh, you know, th- this kind of continues the discussion that we've had here, Travis, that these are blockchain companies, right? These are providing a platform that other ICOs will build upon. Um, same as Ethereum, same as, uh, you know, Dragon Chain, which I know that, you know, you like a whole bunch. And you know what's interesting, I- look at the top 20 and most every single one of them is a blockchain. Mm-hmm. That says something. Yeah. 
it I does just, a lot that's of the first things. time I've ever seen that. I don't know what Icon is or if it does or if it's a blockchain, but I know that Verge is built on the Ethereum uh, ER sits and ERC20 token, uh, uh, Rayblox. I don't know. I think that's its own blockchain as well, but I've not done a whole lot of research. That's another one that just took off from like a couple of dollars to like $35. And there's only 133 million of them. That thing took up to a $5 billion market cap already. And it, has it actually done anything? That's what's so crazy is like, how are these companies and the valuations of these companies, like so many billions of dollars so quickly, like other businesses that start up as a startup, they take years to become a billion dollar unicorn. Right. But in the crypto world, it's like they become billionaire company, unicorn companies, like over the course of like two or three days. It's totally irrational and unreasonable, but this is this gives us a a feel of how impactful people see this technology, how transformative it is for an entire culture, for an entire civilization. That's what blockchain is. Check this out. Back in late October, BitShares, the platform which Badcoin is built upon, was at a nickel. Today. 81 cents with a $2.1 billion market cap. And of course, we recently had Stan Larimer, the godfather of, uh, of BitShares, uh, on the Bad Crypto podcast talking about the platform. And again, um, there, you know, that's it's not because of us or his appearance that it's gone up. I think that people are waking up to what is possible with BitShares and uh, they see a future in it. Yeah, they, they literally on that call uh, we, we were that when we were chatting with him, the news broke that they were doing some really cool stuff with this other bank, and so it was. It's pretty wild how these coins are growing so rapidly. But aside from that, the technology is really great. Like for example, Dan Larimer, he built BitShares. He also built Steam, and he's also built EOS. And if you know anything about BitShares. It's, it's like if you go on BitShares or I mean, if you go on Binance and buy some BitShares and send it over to your BitShares wallet, you literally send it with your username. And it was super quick. Like, I, I don't know the full on of how EOS is going to be rolled out, but I would think that it's almost like this in the business world and the entrepreneurial world. If you have an entrepreneur who's done it one time and then, the, and then, you know, investors were more likely, you know, bet on that guy They'd be like, Oh, well, he's already had one successful exit. You know what? I'm going to bet on it. Well, this dude has two successful companies that he's built in this block in the top 100 already he's got three companies he's built in the top 100 in crypto market cap that's pretty impressive that's unbelievable that guy's got to be up there with vitalik is two of the coolest people in the space i mean i don't know much about the guy's backstory other than chatting with stan but that just tells me if eos is still a six billion dollar market cap right now then if they're going to do anything to if they can make that so it's more easy and it's simple to use for i mean look at steam they had usernames and whatnot and that's how you send money to people with usernames it's really easy to do and the bit shares it's really but there's only like fifty seven thousand members on that bit shares uh desktop wallet i mean because I, I, we send out bad coin and when somebody sets up a new account we see what number they are so there's not huge amounts of people on these platforms yet but it's there's something about eos that, that seems to me that this guy has done it twice already and now he's using the culmination of all the things that he's thought of and building eos that's going to be something to watch. 
And you guys know we're not pitching um, coins here, but we do hold many of these coins that we're talking about. That's why we're fascinated with them. You know, we, in fact, all of the ones we've talked about here, either Travis or myself, probably have some of these in our holdings. And I can't talk to you about uh, Populous, which is number 28 here, because I don't know anything about it Mm -hmm. and I don't own any. I can't talk to you about Ardor which is number 26. Now, as time goes on, we intend on meeting with, you know, founders or CEOs of, of more of these companies and discovering more. But, you know, I'm fascinated by Dogecoin. I own some Dogecoin. Dogecoin broke the billion dollars in the market cap. A joke meme coin is now worth a penny <laughs> apiece. Yes, that is Utterly hilarious to me. It is 35 overall. But you know what, Joel? It's not worthless. Like, I, you get to the point now where you're trying to send Bitcoin. Like, I find a good opportunity. I want to do some trading. A lot of times you got to send some money over to another exchange. You know, my process is I go look at coin market cap. I click at the coin. Oh, that looks good. I'm looking, I do some research. And then immediately I look and see on that tab of, you know, there's the chart and right beside that's the, the markets tab. I want to see what markets that that's on. And a lot of times some of these smaller coins, they're on exchanges you've never even heard of. So you got to create a brand new account. Then you got to send Bitcoin over from this account to that account and wait an hour, right? What I started doing is I, I put money into Lumens and then I'll send Lumens over real quick because that transaction's done in less than, you know, 30 seconds most time. Doge, same way. Those Doge transactions are really fast. And when we're getting into an era when you want to do quick trading and you want to get into a deal because you can see something getting ready to pop or you got a feeling on one of these where you want to get in and buy a few before this, I mean, you want coins that transfer fast. You don't want this slow Bitcoin waiting an hour and a half to get to it. So, I mean, what I've noticed over time is that I don't even hold as much Bitcoin as I used to because there's some of these other ones that I like because I can maneuver them around quicker and, and they're growing just as well. I mean, Lumens has taken off like two cents when we started with Lumens and I've been collecting yep. Lumens. I mean, pff, man, it's almost you got up to 90 cents. And I'm very bullish on it because I really love the partnership they have with IBM. I think that uh, there are also there's a link between them and a possible new exchange I've done a, li- a little reading about called I think it's FairX might be. And you can read more about that on the Stellar Reddit. Uh, if you want to discover more, again, my my reading is preliminary. I also, Travis, love to see those that we featured on the show in ICO Spotlights. Of course, they don't all take off, but some of the ones you know that are notable for me that have done really well. Power Ledger had a fantastic ICO, uh, you know, multi uh, eight figure million dollar ICO in uh, in Australia, and it's sitting around a uh, dollar eighty or so. HST, the decision token, you know, that ICO'd around 10 cents, I think, is it around $1.90. Publica, the the ebook publishing blockchain platform that also had a really, I think, sub 10 cent per token ICO around $1.80. The engine coin, which was what, maybe two, three cents per token is sitting Mm -hmm. around 42 cents. And, uh, you know, so Quant we stamp, don't know. Yeah, that's another one that that, that took yeah, off. Quant stamp. And that one seems to me to keep gathering more and more steam because 
that's the problem within these, you know, these ERC 20 token in these, in these smart contracts is how do you know they are validated to be secure? And some of these, that's a big problem to me. It's like when you're seeing all these, you're hearing of these different hacks from these different smart contracts on top of Ethereum. And, you know, we've heard of those wallets and the, the things and they had to do the fork because of that one wallet heist. And you're like, well, I don't know. It doesn't seem secure. So if Quantstamp can do what it says it's going to do, then, you know, it, it went from less than 10 cents to over 50 cents uh, as well. That was one of the ones that we had on. So that's great. Well, one thing is for sure, Mr. Travis Wright. 2018 is going to be an incredibly exciting year. Uh, the initial hype, I think, that has gone out there about Bitcoin and crypto kind of happened at the end of 2017. And now it's really about seeing these projects that are already listed, you know, the tokens are out there, bring their their projects to uh, reality and, and make these promises kept promises so that the solutions actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. And then the, the number of new projects that we're going to see this year, the number of people that we're going to get to talk to and bring to you, our audience, uh, we don't even know who they are yet, but I guarantee we're going to see some mind blowing stuff happen. Everybody buckle in because 2018 is going to be a wild ride for crypto with ups and downs, it's going to be a roller coaster. I promise. Someday, sometimes something is going to happen either because of government action or because of a hack or something else breaks in the news, fear, uncertainty, and doubt that is going to make this thing go, whoa, like you're going down the roller coaster. You know, so as for me, when that happens, Travis, I'm just going to have my hands in the air because I know what happens as that roller coaster goes down. What happens next? It's uh, historically, Joel, it has always gone back up. And that is one of the things that I we can tell you. I, I have a feeling, Mr. Joel Com, that and we talked about this, some of our predictions on on different things, but just looking at the pace of growth. So what what I've said here, I, I think that by the end of the year 2018, the market cap on crypto could be between three and five trillion dollars. And I mean, when we're looking at how much money is pouring into this market on a weekly basis from Thanksgiving to Christmas, it was almost a hundred billion dollars a week that was coming into crypto. Now, since crypto or since Christmas, crypto Christmas and uh, New Year's is that that was kind of a, a lull in the market a little bit, except some coins really exploded then. Right. So actually, the end of the year was just massive explosion for a few of these altcoins. But the market cap didn't change a whole lot. And then it just took off. Off again now it's at now it's at three quarters of a trillion dollars and if we grow at even 50 billion dollars a week throughout the rest of the 52 weeks i mean we're going to be sitting at at least two and a half trillion to three trillion dollars by the end of the year don't be standing on the sidelines gang get involved with the conversation in our community our telegram channel has over 2,000 members. It's active. People are always asking questions and talking about the latest news. It's badcode.in forward slash telegram. And also the most active Facebook group that I've ever been privileged to be a part of is the Bad Crypto Mastermind. If you're not in there, why 
not. There's about 3,400, 3,500 people in there right now. And people are saying that because it's so active, they're seeing stories pop up on their feed all the time. It's badcode.in forward slash mastermind. And you do have to answer three questions to get in. And I promise you, if you don't answer those questions, you don't get in. I literally sort them and I say, answered questions? Did not answer questions. Oh, did not answer questions? Decline all. Oh, answered questions? Oh, and I go through and look at each one of those. You can tell sometimes I want, we, we're trying to keep the spammers out and make sure only you know good folks come in. So you know, give us some good answers and why you want to be in there. We throw you know private content in there all the time. We've done live videos in there. We do all kinds of different content that goes up nowhere else because you want to be in our group. And if you're not in our group, then you don't get some of that stuff. And when it does come time uh, that uh, the conference, which may or may not actually happen, takes place, guess who's going to hear about it first? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should wrap it up, Travis, because yeah, I'm tired. I'm just... <laughs> You've been in Jamaica, man. Did you have a good yeah, time, man? I've been having the island life, man. No worries. Everything hurry, man. You know, in, in Jamaica time, everything go much slower. You yes, know what I mean? including man? internet, man. Oh, Very- so slow. <laughs> so slow. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you. We love you with every bit of badness that is in us. And, uh, hey, until next time, do that thing of badness by staying that way. Stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Did not have sexual relations with this podcast.